You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the engine-breaking F1 podcast. Boom! Get it up, yeah. Good day. And all that jazz. Uh, welcome to the Engine Breaking Podcast, where we are going to attempt to make a non-chaotic podcast out of the most chaotic race we've had so far. Uh, wish us luck on that. So I am Dan, aka Engine Mode 11, and with me is my good internet husband, Blake, aka Break. And uh, yeah, no, thanks for being here. And uh, I just wanted to big up everyone, give yourselves a little quick. Uh, we reached 5k on YouTube. And we've uh, reached a milestone of 60,000 total download episodes. Ooh. Episode downloads, whatever. You know what I meant. Epis- download episodes. What's a download? Is that on audio or audio plus YouTube? That's audio only. That's not even taken into account, the YouTube. Oh, my God. Can we get another big toot suit? Because the uh, YouTube's doing some numbers. Yeah. Thank you guys for all the love. And thank you for sharing it with your friends and your grandparents. Because I know that they're going to love the toot toot, we might even have to bring back the horn because that really identifies with the 65 to 85 crowd, clearly. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> what was the result of the poll the other week? Because we stopped the air horn because a lot of you were like, that air horn's really obnoxious. And some people are like, I want it back. Did oh, even- I don't know what the result was, but I can't bring is- it back because nah, unfortunately the button has been overridden. Um, it, mm. But I still, got, I still got that on it, so... I love that. I'm not really sure if that will come into play this episode, but yeah. I think it can. I think it can. So what to expect from this episode? There's been a couple things since the last week, since we did our preview episode for Melbourne. Uh, A couple of news events. Then we'll get into the Australian Grand Prix review. We'll look through the entire weekend. Uh, We'll tell you what happened. And if there's any interesting stories, we'll give you some of our expert insight into what this actually means. Because honestly, there was a lot going on from all sorts of aspects from this weekend. So we'll try to break some of that down. Um, Dan and I are very well placed to do that. So that should work out pretty well. Then we'll get into some of our, our fun segments, the uh, Fraud Watch. Uh, I, I mean, if you're, if you're watching this on the live stream, just tell me who you think is on Fraud Watch this week. We've got Engine Mode Good Boy, which is where we gaslight the shit out of somebody. Not really. That's where we, uh, we pick up somebody who's done a spectacular job. And then because we get accused of being biased so often, Dan, for audio listeners, is definitely not wearing a Red Bull Team Top official kit, not... Uh, not replica. Uh, we get accused of being biased sometimes. So we focus each week on a new team and we try to give them a review. Yeah. We, we, we try to big them up, you know, but we're honest with them. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to bonato them and just tell them, uh, it's fine. We're going to, we're going to vassure them. We're going to be honest. We're going to call out the BS. Um, and then unfortunately, I think we're going to take next week off, but after next week, we're going to be getting some guests back in. I've talked to a couple of people. Um, we might get some of the some of the people you've already seen on our show before. We might get some new people. So um, if you're listening to this, leave us a comment section or tag us on Twitter in this post and let us know who you'd like to see on the podcast over the little break before we get to Well Done Backroom. Yeah, I tried to time? I tried to reach out to uh, Paul DeResta and, and he said no. Okay, I, I, have, I can call him if you want. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. I'll call him. Uh, uh, so why don't we, what, what's up with the news? Talk to me. Oh, well, guess what? 
You know how? Yes. No. Well, you know how last episode we slagged off sprint. Well, I don't know. Maybe I sl- I slagged them off. I don't know if you did sprint races. Yeah. Uh, they've decided to obviously listen to the podcast. So thank you, FIA. Big up. Yeah. And all the teams have agreed now to change the format. Uh, to Friday, you'll have P1 and qualifying for the race on Sunday. Okay. Saturday is going to have qualifying for the sprint race and then the yep. sprint race, and then Sunday is the race. Beautiful. What do you think about that? Because you, you're you not a big fan of sprint races or I, the current format. No, I prefer the format they have suggested over the current yeah. weirdness. If, if they're going to have a sprint race, this sounds better because you don't have I, – I personally don't like reverse grids, and I don't see the point of – because the way the sprint format works now is you get one practice session – and then your car is basically in park for me as soon as you're out from qualifying. And then you get to do an FP3 session where you get to do some laps and be like, Haha, this is nice. This is our car. We can't change anything, even if it's crap. What this will probably still be is Friday P1. Then you go into the Grand Prix qualifying and you will probably put your car into park for me. Then you can't change anything. But that the problem with the existing sprint race format is the sprint race just kind of like if you have any chaos in qualifying, Everybody just gets back in pace order at the end of the sprint. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was my issue with it. And this, um, you could have two completely different qualifying grids with the exact same car. You can have different qualifying conditions on Friday versus Saturday for the sprint or the Grand Prix. I, I think this is interesting. If if they want to have sprints and they want to have something happening every day of the weekend that's decisive Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, this is the least worst thing that I've seen so far. And me not hating sprint races i actually really like this and i think it's great yep yeah agreed i'm on board but would you would you okay okay now would sorry you was that say, not controversial enough do you need me no, to be controversial it, no it's, it's not that that's fine because that's how you feel and i honestly the only thing i care about is how you feel right now i don't feel um, anything blake me neither i'm that's dead okay. inside <laughs> <laughs> Big toot toot. If you, and if you um if you listen to this podcast on your commute to work, if you can do like a little quiet toot or just roll down your window and uh, ask the person next to you the stoplight if uh, they listen to the engine breaking podcast and tell them where they can find us. Yep, we'd really appreciate that. If anybody sends us a video of them doing that to a random stranger, respectfully and politely and without being a nuisance, uh, ultimate gas for that. Yeah. But, um, but if you could have your way, would you get rid of sprint races? Altogether, um, probably, yeah. But that's just because I'm an old, angry man, and I don't like change. Mm, that's true. But you know, all these kids with their tiki tocks and mm. Instagrams and MySpaces—they want the sprint races. So, <laughs> yeah, I I'd keep them. I like them. I don't. I don't think we need six of them. But I like changing it up. It keeps the engineers on their feet, um, and they don't get to get complacent, and they can't just rock up and spend all three practice sessions just like, oh my god, I'm just going to change the rear anti roll bar a little bit. Oh my god, oh my god, Max, how's the balance now? This is GP. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Man. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's exactly how he sounded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think so. GP's a lot more calm than that. But um, what else we got? Ah. So, did you see that the Alfa Romeo this weekend looks slightly different? Did you notice anything? I did. Was it, up, was it an upgrade or a downgrade? Uh, depends who you're asking. If you're asking uh, Stake's legal team, um, then it was probably a downgrade. Yeah. Um, but Stake got removed off the Alfa Romeo. Uh, the title sponsor. Yes, it got changed to Kick. 
uh, which makes sense because, well, the way I understand it is that you can't advertise gambling in Australia, which there's yep. a beautiful irony to that because Stake is headquartered in Australia, but they have a, I can't remember, the, some Caribbean island gambling license, which is how they get around that. So Yeah, exactly. That's that's stay classy. But um yeah, so their new sponsor is Kick, who is also very closely related to that company. Yeah, as um, in and, closely related as in they're in the same fucking office. Yeah, exactly. But if you're wondering, if you're watching this live on Twitch, uh Kick is basically the exact same thing as Twitch because they pretty much copied the source code and it looks very similar. And if they didn't, I'm surprised. They're just like, hey, can you just like make the exact same thing? And they did that. Um, a lot of creators on Twitch are also looking to use that as well because the ad revenue split is very favorable. And basically, Stake, the gambling company, are just like, right, we don't need to make any money off the site. We'll just pump money into it and uh, let the streamers keep all of their, their ad revenue, which is interesting. Uh, and a lot of people are making a difference in that. But I don't have any interest in taking uh, this off of Twitch or not streaming on Twitch. I just, yeah, not interested to it. Yeah, but- no, we're... we're- resigned ourselves to financial ruin it doesn't matter what we earn or uh, don't earn jeffrey bezos thank you bro mm. <laughs> in your weird dildo shaped looking rocket <laughs> should we get on to the race review tell me about tell me about the build-up you want to know about the build-up i'll give you about the build-up yeah in, in another up. another beautiful piece of irony here do you remember how last episode we spoke about how I broke the uh, GPS once at uh, the Australian Grand Prix? Yeah, well, I do remember that. Let me tell you what happened on wow. uh, Friday. So the GPS broke again, um, but this time I wasn't there, so it wasn't my fault, right? Can't yeah. blame me for this one. Dan's left some freaking Easter eggs in that, for sure. For sure. Yes, the password I set as horny for Horner. That's the Wi-Fi password. Was that a cat meowing in the background now? Is that, is that what your cat's got to think about this? No, it's some children playing football in the street. Uh, funny story real quick to interrupt you. Um, I had some um, some leftovers, some some uh, signed posters in there, Max and Checo signed posters. And I know they're, they're always playing on the yard, talking about, oh, I'm, I'm Sergio Perez, I'm overtaking you, like, you know, like kids do. So, oh, do you guys want these, um, these cards? And like, oh, sure. I give them the Max and he's like, I'm a Hamilton fan. I was like, well, just take it. I went back in the house. Right. Unbelievable. Do you know which house he lives at? No, I couldn't say. We're going to do some lawnies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or it might pull up in the van, chuck it in reverse, and... Hell yeah, <sighs> brother. Uh, so, Hell yeah, yeah, sorry. I don't anyway. know. We've gone from um, causing terrorism in Blake Street. Uh, GPS issues on the Friday, which fucked everything, basically. Uh, FIA back-end infrastructure shit itself, um, which is the usual story, to be honest, from someone that's had to deal with that uh, week in, week out. Um, but having that kind of fucked everyone's FP1 and um, FP2 and it uh, wrecked their programs, really. So you might be better versed to explain how detrimental that would have been not going through the programs. Yeah, well, it was interesting because you you basically screw up free practice one, and then FP two they got like one run on the harder compound, which is just like a wake up run at the beginning of P two. So P one's about finding the balance, getting the car right, identifying any issues. You do some refinements in your two hour break between P one and P two. Then you rock up in P two like right, 
right, lads, we've got all those issues sorted. We've got the best setup on the car. We're going to run this, this tire and the softer tire. Then we're going to throw some fuel in the car and understand the high fuel pace. They got none of that done. They basically got none of that. They did, they did a couple laps on their harder of their two tires that they were going to run uh, and then went. A couple people had a look at the, uh, the skin intermediates and uh, that was about it. That was about it. Yeah. Do you reckon uh, Stefan was uh, seen leaving the FIA technical shack with a screwdriver in his hand as like a, a way of enforcing his we don't need free practice? Yeah, probably. He's like, I told you we don't need it. But like, mm. realistically, I heard a lot of people like, oh, it's really unsafe. The drivers, I'm like, if that's unsafe, then driving in the wet is unsafe and they shouldn't be allowed to race in the wet. And the FIA already don't want them to race in the wet because they don't even use the full wet tires, which is another contentious point. But um, so the, the, the teams were relatively uninformed about the weekend, but with a bit of understanding what the Melbourne race is like in this generation of car, it was going to be a straightforward one stop. Um, and we'll, or we'll talk was about it? the or was it? It was going to be, it was going to be, but those damn punk kids. Um, so yeah, uh, Sergeant had some issues in P1. Um, he didn't take part in free practice too. And uh, yeah, it was kind yeah. of apparent that he was lacking a bit of track time the rest of the weekend. But, yes, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, the, electrical uh, issues, apparently, is the official yeah. uh, term. Yeah, exactly. Somebody somebody let the smoke out of the electrical port there on that car. Here was, here was an interesting thing about Melbourne. We talked about this, and uh, they had four DRS zones. So every DRS activation zone, so it, it says if your car is within this one second at this point, you can use DRS on this next straight. Well, at Melbourne, it's like if your car is within one second here, you can use DRS on the next two straights. And there was two instances of that. And a lot of people before the event were thinking, Oh, that high speed turn nine, that's really unsafe. It wasn't unsafe at all. It was actually just kind of boring to watch. Yeah, no, I didn't think no. it was unsafe. I just thought it'd be a repeat of last year where we said, Oh, look, here you go, here's four DRS zones, but we're gonna end up taking one away for the bands. Yeah. And and they didn't take it away. I thought they were going to as well, but they didn't and they kept it and I don't think it made much difference. But we'll we'll talk about DRS in a minute. But um yeah, the free practice to Programs, people went into the weekend relatively blind. Free practice three was a little bit random, and I don't really remember too much about it, honestly. Uh, free practice three, Nick DeVries' car decided to disintegrate uh, on the entry to turn nine. So there was like a brief red flag. One of the marshals had to come clear that up. Mm. Uh, Lando had some issues with his car with a clutch issue. Uh, Perez spent 20 minutes in the garage having a rear setup change and then ended up driving off the track again anyway. And uh, Alpine looked pretty quick, finishing FP3 and P3 and P5. And I know you tell me this every week, that FP3 doesn't mean shit. But listen, Alpine were my go-to this weekend for my mm. random fandom. So I, you know, I was hyping them up. Yeah, you were. Yeah, look what good that did them. Foreshadowing sound. Fuck. <laughs> but um, that was that's. Let's talk about Checo's free practice three real quick because he was basically um, he he did several gravel trap inspections because he didn't feel like the marshals had done a very good job on it. And like you alluded to, they were like something's wrong with the setup. Let's work on that. And they did a long change in the garage. There's some changes that you know when you make certain changes to the car they require a lot of bodywork off or lots of components out or they're just a pain in the ass and you don't want to do them in a session unless you absolutely have to 
And to be fair with how short and compressed these sessions are, you don't really want to be changing big stuff in free practice three. Free practice three needs to be dress rehearsal. So Checo was doing the gravel trap inspections all morning. And uh, yeah, it didn't. Didn't how did that go? When we let's fast forward to qualifying. Well, he was he was only just warming up. It would it turned out. Okay, okay. Um, he was just warming up for qualifying. He was just warming up for qualifying because uh, in qualifying he immediately went out, uh, and then just basically parked his car at turn three in the gravel, and uh, yeah, that was it. We said there was an issue with the car. Um, I don't know. We, we, it was interesting because we've heard a couple different things. I've heard I've heard there was nothing wrong with the car and everything was fine and he might have been over pushing or he wasn't over pushing. I've heard brake balance issues. I've heard engine braking issues. And when you've got front locking and pushing wide like that, that can very well be a, a brake balance issue. But I feel like it's difficult to be that far out that late in the week. After you've had a free practice one and everything's fine-ish, mm. it's pretty difficult to be that far out. Yeah, so, I mean, as two as two engineers that have got m- multiple years' experience in F one, it'd be highly unprofessional for us to speculate on our previous team, uh, which is why I'm going to do it anyway and say that uh, <laughs> I, I'm going with diff issue for that one. Diffy? Yeah, I think he had a diff issue. Either a setting or something wasn't right on the diff, and it just pushed him forward. Interesting. Understeered him into the uh, twilight zone. Yeah, exactly. But here's here's an interesting. I saw somebody highlight a picture of pointing at the front wheels, and he, he's turned into the corner. And imagine the outside wheel is turned in a lot more than the inside wheel. Uh, and they're like, something's wrong with the suspension. That is incorrect. That is called Ackerman, specifically in that case, anti-Ackerman, which is very typical of a Formula One car. So I'll do a tech analysis of how Ackerman and anti-Ackerman work later. But um, that is not the thing. Twenty-one, this. twenty-one episodes in, and that's the nerdiest I think you've got. Ackerman is great. It's a uh, lots of steering geometry stuff, and that's really fundamental to Formula One cars. But it doesn't work like you think it do, and it don't be that important either. Well, so. there you go, there you go, <laughs> listeners. Talk- that's your word of the day, Ackerman, or anti-Ackerman, or negative Ackerman. Mm. Go, go, drive to your place of work. Tell your mates all about it. Tell your nan, tell your butcher, anti Ackerman yeah. beef, please. Yeah, mate. I'll have a Bofa martini. <sighs> I tell, did I tell you about that story? Before we get into the rest of qualifying, I'll tell you about that story. Okay, so go. The, the first time I met Tim at Marduk was at the Formula E race in London, right? And I was there with him. Uh, Aldas was there. Matt Amos was there. Uh, all great, all great creators. Uh, YouTube, Formula One gaming, Formula One IRL stuff. Uh, Matt, Matt asked Team at Marduk, like, you want a drink? And I was like, yeah, I'll have a... Well, Matt, what do you want? And Matt's like something like a... like uh, I'll have a D's Nuts uh, lager. And Ben was like, yeah, cool. And then I was like, I'll have a Bofa martini. And he goes back and he's just like smirks. He's like, huh? And he just walks off, gets the drink. He comes back. Uh, and he's like, they didn't have a Bofa martini. And everybody just looks at him like, mate. Mate. Dear, oh so, dear. Like, so basically, by virtue of me being a jerk, I didn't get a free drink. Oh, I had to go back and order my drink, but the barmaid looked at him like, I'm sorry, mate, what? Got him. Yeah, Got so anyway, him. Tell me about so, qualifying, bro. Sorry, yeah, Perez um, went in to the twilight zone. 
Uh, Alpine yeah. were who were, I, I'm mentioning Alpine because they did genuinely look quite quick uh, on the Friday and Saturday. Yeah, and everyone's been shitting on them, and I thought, no, 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 just wait. Uh, but they sort of lost all the pace that they found, and Gasly qualified ninth, Ocon eleventh. Uh, in the post-qualifying chat, apparently they were fueled for multiple laps and were trying to prep the tyres for multiple laps. Now, we've seen this a few times on some different teams and how they do it, but uh, it didn't really work out for them this time. But somebody yeah. else did this as well. You spotted a lot, this. A lot. Well, yeah, well, so if you want to talk about tyre preparation, um, a lot of teams, so the, the, the soft tyres, people were having struggles to warm them up. Um, and a lot of people had diff- very different uh, approaches to that. And that's one of those things when you lose out on all that running in free practice too, you're kind of behind the curve. In free practice one, you're just going out fast, slow, fast. You're pushing for multiple laps, just getting a feel for the car. But in terms of getting the optimum amount of grip out of the tire, there's a very specific set of conditions that you need the tire to be in. You don't want to overheat the surface too much. That means you don't want to slide it or spin up the wheels. You want to put a lot of stress into the tires. And the only way to do that for some teams this weekend was not to just do an outlap. They would do an outlap, a relatively fast, slow lap, something like 10, 15 seconds off the pace, you know, pushing in a straight line, going quite quickly, and then a push lap. Some teams did two slow laps before their push lap. So Verstappen was a single, relatively fast build lap into a push lap. Russell was, and the Mercedes guys were doing two build laps into a push lap. Uh, Alonzo, the exact same. And Sainz was doing something like two very, very slow laps into a push lap. And then Leclerc was only doing one lap. And if we look at the, com- the competitiveness of everybody in qualifying, that was a really interesting thing because Ferrari fell way off relative to their normal qualifying pace. Uh, Alfa Romeo, McLaren, and Alpine as well. So I-, I attribute that entirely to Alpine and those teams struggling with tire preparation. I do not think Australia was uh, indicative, but... What do you think? We saw Aston and Mercedes. Mercedes up there and uh, Alonso just behind them. Yeah, I was... Uh, yeah, no, no, I'll say it. I was surprised to see uh, the Mercedes in two and three. Yeah, I, I was as well. And I, it, if I had to guess, looking at this in terms of the pace offsets to normal, I think... And then looking specifically through Max's lap, we didn't have a Checo lap to compare because if I did, I'd see a little bit more information about how that car was performing. But I think Max left a bit on the table. It looked to me like Lewis and George got most out of their laps. Um, I think the Aston performed normally. I think the Mercedes took advantage of everybody else struggling out with a little bit with the tire preparations. And I think they did pretty well out of it to uh, close the gap. It'll be interesting when we get to Baku, which is a completely different type of circuit, to see if anybody's made any gains. But um, yeah, well, yeah. they've got four weeks to come up with some upgrades as well if they want. Yeah, exactly. But um, qualifying was I enjoyed. Well, I enjoyed this qualifying session because I couldn't see what was going to happen, you know. And it was also kind of muddied by the fact that teams were doing build laps, mm. which is completely indicative of poor warm up, which begs. To ask the question, could we have done with softer compounds this weekend? Oh, wow. A lot of the teams were whinging about tyres this weekend. Hmm. Lando Norris was quite vocal about them, saying that um, despite all the warm-up and getting them up to temperature, he still had no grip. Yep. Um, Alex Alban will 
talk about him later after his little yep. incident. Made a reference to the tyres. Yep. And it just basically all the way up to qualifying, like for every session, there was just a random driver spinning off or more than usual, just people sort of just driving straight off the track. So a bit of a weird one for tyres this weekend. Yeah. And it's interesting because we'll, we'll, we'll come back to the tyre situation in the race, but everything that we've seen from this says that the tyre selection they brought was too hard, but it was the same that we brought last year and we had a pretty dull one stop on it. But I don't recall um, qualifying warm-up issues, but I don't remember qualifying from last year. But we keep making all these references to the race. Is it time? Yeah, because uh, all this chat about Pirelli's, I'm getting tired. <laughs> P-Zero. Are you uh, a little P-Zero, mate? That joke, that joke. Um, when I think of P-Zero, I just think of P-Nowhere. Yeah, that's me. That's my street uh, name. Oh, yeah, it is. Dan, P-Nowhere, Engine Mode, Fraud Face. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the race. What The race, I mean, was, I was personally like thinking... Max and uh, Lewis front row. I'm like, we're going to see some ding dong. We're going to see some ping pong Formula One championship. So talk us through it. Did you think we were going to have some classic 2021 action? Yeah, just mate, check out this. This Mm -hmm. is my rear tire or or here's here's my front corner and your rear corner. Good night. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Let's talk about it. Well, there wasn't really much to talk about because Verstappen didn't really have a great getaway. Uh, He got mugged off by George in the beginning. Um, and then I think what by turn three Hamilton went past him. Yeah, even he even was accused of he pushed me off, but uh, that was solid. That was a solid move. Yeah. So and this has got nothing to do with me wearing my Red Bull shirt this evening and disgusting Red Bull bias. But I wonder if this may have been a big brain move by Max to be sensible and just say, you know what, if they want to overtake me. Let him overtake me, because in five laps time, I'm going to fucking wreck him anyway. Um, but like, it looked like he struggled on the restarts a little bit, which was interesting. It's just like, and it, maybe this was an extension of the low grip, but at the same time, I don't like, I expect Mercedes from what we've seen in the past of them to struggle with warm up the same or more, typically more. Warm up has been a, uh, a W13, W14 yes, thing, but- isn't it? No, I think maybe that could be attributed to the setup compromises they used to have to make with the 13. I don't think they have to do so much with the 14. Fair, fair um, enough. Look at me sounding like I know what I'm talking about. All right, mate. I've played yeah. so much F1 2022, I'm an expert. Oh, I, I think that's going to be, if anybody's tuning in and you haven't checked uh, either Engine Mode 11 or Breakout on Twitch, we will be doing some F1 22 streams and maybe the most fraudulent co-op mode career that you've ever seen for real we're gonna, it's gonna be amazing so uh but yeah so race start max struggling a little bit uh checo starting all the way from the back as well what uh, else happened on the race start did then? Just... not start from the pit lane because he changed ah, his he... es and control electronics which is a penalty i believe because he already used two so i think he took his third set and did a pit lane Ooh. Could be wrong. I, I didn't double he, check he that. Did, he, did, he, did, he did pit lane start it though. So yeah. um Checo was Checo was kind of anonymous through the first bit of the race, which takes us uh oh, what else happened on the race start? Oh Tifosi. Oh, my. oh Tifosi. Mamma mia. 
sad, sad spaghetti bolognese yeah. noises. Charles Leclerc, Leclerc, Leclerc. I get moaned at in the comments for how I say it. So if I just say it every way, it don't Chuck matter. Cheese. Chuck, poor old Chuck. Uh, he got fucked <laughs> into the sand and then got ducked. Mm. He was out. He um he decided the Australian Grand Prix wasn't for him, and he just needed a little beach holiday, so parked his car. Uh, but yeah. to be fair, though, that was I mean, what did you have? You had Fernando, you had Lance, and you had him in a three way, and he was on the outside, and and the two Aston Martin homeboys. Mm. Lance was in the middle. Alonso yeah. was on the outside. It was like a it was a bit of a sandwich. Lance didn't have anywhere to go, so they just. Someone was going to get hit. Fortunately, it was Charles's turn. And uh, that was it. Into the kitty litter he went. Yeah. Like, the only person that could have really avoided that was actually Leclerc. Mm. And the stewards did deem that to be a racing incident. I think that's fair. I think that was super fair. Like, it's just one of those things that happened. And he probably could have backed out, and he was the one that lost out as a result of it. So, yeah, tomato potato kind um, of thing. I just want to shout out the the. Uh, sorry, I've forgotten his name. Uh, there was a guy on Twitter that uh, flew all the way from uh, Buenos Aires to Melbourne. And he was a massive Charles fan, and uh, yeah, got to got to watch him crash out on lap one at turn three. So, <laughs> mate, pick, least- pick yourself up, mate. That was that's a villain origin story right there. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's gonna you're gonna find him outside of the Canadian embassy soon, thinking, "Oh no!" Yeah, uh, and he's not gonna be chugging a bottle of maple syrup either. No, that'd be me. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you 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 alluded to this earlier, and um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this race is the race of three red flags, and our first red flag tonight brought to you by. Oh fuck! I didn't. Well, I was going to come up with some catchy sponsor, but oh no, we do have a sponsor. Hey, the red flag. The first podcast? red flag. The first red. Well, yeah, the first red flag could be sponsored by NordVPN. Good day. Yeah. Well, why don't we let's let's go ahead and do that? Hello, it's me again. Just to tell you that we are continuing our deal with NordVPN to give you an exclusive offer. You can get it by going to nordvpn.com slash engine to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. They have a super simple app that you can use on your phone, your tablet, your PC, and it's something that I've used myself for years and I've been completely happy with it the entire time. And it's just in time to get around that potential geographical restrictions for f1 tv obviously i can't say you should do that because that's probably illegal but you know so yeah go to nordvpn.com slash engine so me and blake can feed our families thank you there's only one problem with that we've Mm. got three red flags and only one sponsor so we're fucked Mm. for the other two red flags yeah, exactly. However, right. for this NordVPN sponsored red flag, uh, we give you Alex Albon spinning off on lap seven. Um, really weird crash. Uh, he just, I mean, you just watched the replay of it. He just lost it. And yeah. I think no one was more confused than Alex himself. Um, afterwards, he said uh, basically he lost the car, 
but he was going through the corner slower than he did in the previous lap. He attributes it to going wide on the corner before and reckons the tyre temperature spiked, lost grip, and just, I don't know, just lost it when he went into that corner. Fucking mm-hmm. weird, man. Weird, weird yeah. crash. And yet again, yeah. another glowing endorsement for uh, Pirelli rubber. <laughs> it could have been any number of things, though. But um, what we're, we're going to do is we're going to come back and talk about all the red flag situations in a minute because we had three. Three, three, and we'll talk about all of them in a minute and should they have been red flags or not, but we'll kind of roll through the race and then come back and touch on those because I feel like there's a a whole segment regarding red flags that we should uh, get into. But So we restart the race uh, on lap 10, and uh, you you watched it again this morning. You couldn't see it either. DeVries gets gets shadow-realmed. This whole fucking race, right, I... Clearly, you know, didn't wake up on time to watch it live because why would I? Um, so I watched it in the evening and still couldn't really fucking make heads or tails of it. So I watched it again today. And then I noticed today on that restart, I don't know who, but someone drives into the back of Nick DeVries and his car just gets launched into the air. But they never mentioned who did it. So I've got no fucking clue who did it. And you don't get a decent enough camera angle to see it. I was like, ah, carry on, carry on. So the the race is kind of, I don't know. Oh, chat is shouting Logan Sargent at me. So maybe Sorry. it was him. But I thought he was. I thought he took him out at the very end. This was the first. Yeah, he took out. He took out Yuki at the end. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. So he basically managed to fucking hit. Ah, uh, who knows? Anyway, Nick DeVries got his um, flights back to Fienza. So yeah, weird. <laughs> but uh, let's let's talk about this because this is if you haven't seen the clip on board from Lewis Hamilton going through um, basically turn eight the, the the long straight windy bit through the the catch fences up until the fast left hander of nine nine and then the fast right hander of ten that little high speed chicane you see I swear to God I was like that looks like Lewis is on an outlap Max cl- flies past him absolutely freaking flies past him like a rocket ship looking i looked at the telemetry from that um he's got a 20 kilometer closing speed on him it's that which is pretty nuts by by the exit of turn nine he's already found a second to lewis um then he finds a second from turn 11 to the end of the lap as well like i know they kept the drs in 910 and my initial reaction is, oh, that's way too easy. That like they sh- that's super contrived. But then you look back through the field, and there was the, the, it was just a bunch of cars racing, um, you know, a couple seconds gap, and they were able to hold gaps. But we didn't. It's not like we saw a load of cars in pace order randomly being able to overtake each other. So the first reaction I had was that's super contrived, and that's like the DRS is overpowered and all this other stuff. And I went back and I was like, well. The DRS just lets cars out of pace order overtake more or less. So, was it just a crap race? Ah, see, this this could be a spicy take, but go on. I'm inclined to agree with you. If you remove the drama of the red flags mm. and the restarts, I don't think there was actually a lot fucking interesting. In that race, I mean, we saw a couple of spicy battles. But other than that, was it that exciting? Well, I'm not sure it was. 
I mean, here's my here's my take of the the Melbourne Grand Prix. It was basically a couple race starts, and then a painfully dull uh, zero stop hard tire sprint race. That was that was yep. the the Melbourne Grand Prix, and it's not it's not. I, I love the place and I like the track. Uh, the tires looked too hard. They could you know they they could literally have zero stopped that race on a hard tire, which is what teams basically were doing. The only reason they wouldn't do that is because they have a mandatory stop, and you can do that at some places, fine. Yeah, the first red flag, I think George stuck hards on to try and go with that strategy of doing 50 laps on them. Yeah, well, that, that's an interesting one because that red flag that came out, George, it was originally... Oh, a safety car, a safety sorry. Car. Yeah, yeah, he got it was originally back a safety car. P7. He boxed us for a cheap stop, and he's like, right, mate, all right, Governor, can you tell me what George would have said on that? Uh, unfortunately, I can't because my son messed with all my settings, so I oh, could no. press the button, but I have no fucking clue what's going to happen. Oh. So, uh, oh, me. Oh, I'm going to stop for a cheap pit stop. All right, Toto. Fucking and, hell. And he did. What was that? Fucking Peaky Blinders. Fucking hell. All right, mate. Anyway. Uh, so the, yeah. the Governor stopped for a set of tires, and they're like, we're going to red flag that. So... He just got boned on that stop, which was pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, unlucky. But he, he got unlucky. boned on that stop only because of the red flag. Yes. If it wasn't Otherwise, for that, it might have been, have been quite a... Last. Yeah, he'd have been like, hey, here we go. What, mate? Yeah. And then, and, and then um, then the entire Mercedes fan base would have imploded on each other, talking about favorability in terms of pit stops and stuff like that. The same thing that's happening with the Red Bull... Um, and the same thing. I got some weird heat from the, uh, the Alpine fans later, but we'll talk to that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think DRS was super. Like that was fine. But you mentioned uh, the governor. What happened to the old man? Uh, he well, he got fucked because they threw a red flag. No, but after that, after after. The oh, sorry. The when there. he's um he, yeah. So Mercedes decided to uh, try this quite revolutionary. Um, internal combustion unit which decided to become an external combustion unit uh unfortunately the test failed quite dramatically and uh he pulled over at the side of the track on what was it lap 18 i think um yeah yes. but again brace yourself two possible technical explanations from me in one episode you're welcome uh, i believe that was a Ooh. turbo failure uh, because Ooh. the PU was still running at the end of it, and that looked like oil fire to me. So I think the seals might have went on the turbo. Blimey! Yeah, definitely, um, definitely could have been that. I can't think of what that is, and I don't really like engines or aerodynamics at all. I just like to harness their power. But it's 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 not. We it's don't like see too guns, beer, and meat. Exactly. Exactly. And cats. Yeah, but um, it's not. It's not common to see that on a Mercedes power unit failure. So it's not. Do you want to play I a game? I... Ooh, go on. When's the last time we saw a Mercedes on fire? I have not a clue. I don't actually know. I believe it's uh, Malaysia 2016. Remember when Lewis famously pulled off? I think. Ooh, that was the last time that. we had a Mercedes on fire. I was I was at that race. I just don't I don't remember mm. anything. And somebody in I, the chat saying yesterday, yes, very clever, well done. Yep, yeah, it was yeah, it was yesterday. Uh 2018 Austria mayhaps. Mm, I don't was that uh I thought that was a non fiery failure. I thought that was just like a sensor went and they had to 
pull off to the side. Oh, I've got to retire it, mate. Mm. Um, yeah, but anyway, it's, it's so not, there you it's go. It's not every day we see that. So the good news is potentially, potentially, if that was just a turbo fire, um, probably turbo replacement and possibly MGH. But uh-huh. if everything else is fine. The internal combustion unit's probably all right, brother. Mm. Do you want to play another game show? Yeah, go on. Uh, I can't. Well, I'll do the theme tune anyway, but it's not the theme tune. Random fandom. So that was actually a clue, right? This isn't random fandom, right? This is... Who's the only PU manufacturer who has not had an engine failure this year? And when you know what the answer is, you'll be think of Alpine. Yeah. How wild ain't, is that? Ain't no way. Because the question, the answer, the question you would have asked last year is who's had a PU failure every race, and it's that heap of crap Renault. Unbelievably, uh, the Baguette Mobile. They've been striking in France. They've got some reliability from the French government, and uh, now it's the only engine that hasn't uh, exploded. Oh my god, that's great! Big up your uh, local boulangerie as well, in case you're wondering. Yeah, to to get get that toasty, crispy, crusty roll. I can't believe that. That blows my mind. Yeah. <sighs> so there you go, and that was what? pretty much fucking it, really, for the race. Until, I mean, nothing really happened after that. Until, well, like, way back in the race. Well, what about lap 47? Uh, Checo had done the gravel for the weekend, so yeah. Max decided to do the grass at turn 13. He did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and see, again, similar sort of issue to Checo. He just sort of turned the wheel and nothing happened. He just It's the went cheating off. car. Yeah. It's the cheat car. But um, It's the diff, diff settings, I'm telling you. It was, it was actually... After that, Jeep, because I, I, when I watched the race, I just miss GP sometimes. Nobody tell him that because he thinks I hate him probably. But uh, I listened to GP and uh, the driver talk on uh, MultiViewer, which is great. And if you're over here, you can use uh, NordVPN front slash engine. Uh, NordVPN can let you get F1 TV Pro. And uh, you could. But I every weekend I fly home and I take my whole setup to Texas. That's why it looks like I'm in the same place when I'm live streaming the race watch alongs over on my stream. GP was, sure. as soon as that happened, GP made some suggestions on the brake balance, which is an interesting compromise that you can do with the super advanced brake balance, brake by wire management systems that you have on the Formula One car to basically not change. So you can basically have optimum brake balance when you smash the pedal in a straight line and then change the brake balance as you're turning into the corner to help rotate or stop those tedious front locks or just deal with shit tires. But that's, uh, that's that. Um, and then let's let's take us to we don't have a sponsor for red flag number two. Does anybody? Uh, I think Lucas Blakely, uh, famous esports driver, would like to sponsor this next red flag lap fifty three. Kevin Magnuson hits the wall quite catastrophically. Talk us through it. Does hit the wall, but why does he hit the wall, Blake? This this is where we have to get our uh, mon- mon- no not monocle. What Sherlock Holmes got? My- Magnifying glass. Magnifying glass. Why did I not want fucking magnifying glasses? Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Because you're a fucking bot. This Australian time zone is fucking me up, man. <laughs> oh, I love it. I uh, love it. Um, Sorry, yeah. yeah. So why why did he hit the wall, though? Did he hit was the wall? Was it the chicken or the egg? Was mm. it Dan? Did the tire mm. blow 
before he hit the wall or Ooh. after. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, we don't have a sound effect for that. But, uh, no, so, but I enjoyed that. Thank you. Leo, uh, so Leo White says meatball merchant came back. The, meat, the meatball merchant. He's been <laughs> eating Danish. those cheap, nasty meatballs from the corner shop that I've had. Yeah. Uh, so here's the theory, and I've not been able to verify this. And, and probably no one else has or ever will. And if they do, they won't mention it. Yeah, Why gonna, would that be? We're going to put this one down in the uh, F1 2023 conspiracies list. The fraud files. Mm, the fraud files. Oh, yeah. We should get That's a sound it. for that next time. Holy oh shit. Write that down. Write that down. Okay. Hold on. I got a post-it note. Right. Okay, keep, keep, the keep fraud talking. files. The fraud files. Uh, we'll get Michael, Michael to do another one. Yeah. Um, Magnuson had been taking that corner wide all weekend, apparently. He was the only one that was being super aggressive on that curb. And word on the street from people who are actually physically there watching, apparently his tyre went before he hit the wall. Mm. I've not seen any camera footage to verify that. Um, but yeah, mm, interesting. That's, I mean, that wouldn't be crazy. It could have been Debris. Have you heard of Debris before? Uh, I have, yes. I think uh, he got in the um, way of... Uh, Carlos signs in a race once, didn't he? No. Debris is what Pirelli throws out every time there's a catastrophic tire failure. Like, that was definitely Debris, whatever Debris is. Mm, Deborah. Deborah from yeah. accounting. She's been yeah, on track. Exactly. All right, love. You've been, you've been throwing Tic Tacs on the ground again? Mm -hmm. How dare you? I don't, yeah, but Tic Tacs anyway. are a mint. I think you mean tax. Just thumb tax. Thumb tax, yeah, not Tic Tacs. Yeah, Deborah from accounts but isn't going around spreading mints over the track. <laughs> <laughs> mints like beef mints mm. oh yeah maybe big up your local maybe. butcher <laughs> but um so either way magnuson hits the wall on the exit of two very very hard it's a it's a big hit oh shit sorry <laughs> press the and roll button and it's such a big hit um it sends the tire off and it rips a huge chunk of the wheel rim and sends it over the catch fences and it ends up cutting some guy's arm like like the, the the formula one wheel rims i do believe are forged aluminum aluminium um i don't think they're forged magnesium i think they're aluminum um yeah no i believe they're alley yeah and uh so is, is a big piece of the wheel rim like jagged is all hell yeeted over the fence and cut some dude's arm there's a picture of one of the guys with it and his arms like yep. bleeding so yeah. um that's absolutely terrifying and that's not the usual failure method of those things you but like how are you supposed to account for the fact that this this wheel rim well motorsport is, is dangerous we can't yeah. you know plan for every eventuality sadly mm. um but yeah no luckily he was fine considering because if you see the piece he's got it's like this length of his forearm that's a huge piece yeah, yeah. like if that hits you in the head uh you're gonna have a bad day yeah, you might not have any days after that. So relatively, it could be the worst day. Yeah. Um, but he's been all over Australian news telling his story. And listen, pal, if I was you, I'd be doing exactly the same. I'd be demanding a fucking race seat by now if I got hit <laughs> by a piece of F1 car. Yeah, so exactly. So chase that bag, my friend. Good luck to you. Yeah, I think Alpine can sort you out after this weekend. But so that's so we, we basically said something like lap seven, red flag. We've said lap 53 red flag. 
Yeah. You've got lap 57, which is a race restart, because that they've got to check the barriers. They've got to clean up a lot of stuff off the track. There's metal. There's parts of the wheel rim still on the track. Um, and it's lap 57. They go for a standing start again. Yep. A- and there's a little bit of a kerfuffle about Max Verstappen's grid position. And I watched the video. So he pulls into his grid stop. He's a little bit long. And it's like he lets his hand off the clutch and slips and grabs the clutch quickly. And he rolls even further forward. And there's some photos circulating that show him out of the grid box. But from the right angle, you can see that he was on the white line, which is legal. And I had other people mentioning, well, there's this yellow line. If you look, it extends laterally out of the box so the driver can see it. That is merely a reference. That is, there's nothing official about that line. That line is just for the driver to, you know, look over the, the headrest, if you see me, is up to, you know, your ears. And you can look over and kind of see this, like, yellow line by your tire. And you're like, yeah, I'm about in the right spot, mate. This is all, this is after they made the boxes wider and wider and wider. But it wasn't about the width, Dan. It was about the length this weekend. Yeah, now. it's not about the width, my friend. It was, it was no. about the length. And uh, he yeah. was well within his box. I say well within. I mean, his tire was literally on the white line. But that counts. Yeah. It has to be over the white line. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And we go... We go for another standing start. Tell, try to try to capture this 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 scenario. What happened in this restart, dude? Tell me about it, please. Uh, well, oh my god, right. So this is the part where just basically this is what I had to watch twice for because of the amount of fucking chaos that happened. Right. So we have Max's grid positioning. We've dealt with that. We've gone racing. Hooray! Signs ends up spinning into Alonso. Uh, because Gasly locks up and I think puts them off. Uh, Gasly has a little excursion. He comes back onto the track, doesn't really look to his right, and just drifts straight into Ocon. Uh, the Florida man invades the personal space of Nick DeVries and ends up punting them off at the end. Um, and then just for shits and gigs, because the race director gets paid by how many red flags he throws, he thinks, fuck it, let's throw another red flag. And we end up with uh, red flag number three. Well, to be fair, there were two completely stationary Alpines missing front wings, nose, and maybe a corner each. Those those were in bad shape, and we had cars in the gravel trap uh, at turn one. That that We'll come back to the red flags in total, but that was, that was it. And we're going to break down all the red flags mm. and discuss those in a second. So after that shit fight happens again you have signs is handed a five second penalty and we'll talk about that in a second um and then you have the race order is reset to the race order of that standing start yeah but there's only one lap left which is the formation lap or the outlap from that restart so the safety car drives everybody around the track they've got back into the order they were at the previous start obviously missing a couple cars that happened to not be able to take part in that restart and they take the checkered flag um i mean how many was it eight dnfs and three red flags and yeah i think three red flags is a record for formula one it was confirmed yes a new new world record lovely so um yeah yeah so but the problem with this going back to the race order is uh poor nico hulkenberg who I think I may owe an apology to because I did. I was very critical about him coming back into F1. Have you filled out Tomo's? Uh, no, no, no. Nico no. I'm not ready for that. Form? I'm not ready for that yet. But he's, you need to, mate. he's 3 0 in qualifying against K Mag. 
Um, he was up in P4, I think. I think I'm pretty sure it was P4. Yeah. And then they said, no, unlucky, we didn't go across the uh, Sector 1 beam before the flag was thrown, so we're going to have to go back to the grid order. Unlucky. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that was the whole... That was the whole thing. We'll come back to that race orders and why they didn't do that because the FIA had their explanations and I'm not sold on it. So let's let's go back and pick the meat out of the interesting topics of this. We talked about the DRS usage. Let's go back. Let's let's focus on the red flags that occurred during the race and what should we have done with those? Because do they make sense or not? Red flag number one, lap seven, Albon, exit of turn six into seven, through the gravel, into the walls. Hate it. What Hate it. Hate it. Talk to me, talk me through Hate it. it. I, I don't understand why we're throwing a red for that. It's it's some hmm. gravel on the track. Yeah. Like did you did you see the the picture of it was the Alpine that went past the gravel rash it had from having you know like that proper coarse gravel yeeted at it at speed as it was coming past at you know 180 kilometers an hour. Hmm. That's you that know why I, I tell you what actually you know why I hate this. Now I've given it some thought. If you're going to throw it, fine, throw it. I hate the fact that it's been thrown after three people have pitted, Russell, Sainz and mm. Magnussen, and then you go, actually, let's have a red flag and let everybody who didn't pit have a free pit stop. So now you've yeah. fucked three people's races, potentially. Yeah, and that seems like one of those things you could plan for those. It's like if a car goes, you know, look at all the spots, like if the car goes here, you know what, That's we're going to call that a red flag because that's going to be difficult to recover. Uh, even under safety car, you're going to have them coming out of 6-7, which even at slow paces could be quick and something could happen. But here's the only thing that I've got against that why it maybe should have been a red flag. The only thing I can think of is retrieving that car in that position, even under slower speeds, could be sketchy and you have marshals in the way. The only other thing is if the tech pro barriers actually needed to be repaired. Because on the broadcast, I believe, don't quote me, but I thought Crofty was like, oh, it's just a bit of gravel. That's why we've red flagged it. That doesn't make any sense. But then I believe somebody quote me, correct me in the comments later if you think I'm incorrect. But I'm saying if, if the tech pro was damaged and they needed to resort the barriers, I think that probably makes sense. And that spot is probably not a good spot for marshals to be on the track. I mean, uh, yeah, that's fair. Anything but, that um, any anything that occurs to the barrier and it necess- necessitates there you go, a big word, uh, then yeah, instant red. I can understand that, and I can yeah. I can go with that. It is it is super frustrating for the competitors and fans, though. Like you said, for people like George to have made a relatively bold move and then just to get punished by the random number generator of oh, let's just throw the flag now. No, and no, you know what else I hate about this as well? What's that? The the, there's this crazy bit of footage where everyone's like when they throw the red flag, basically everyone slams the anchors on around sort of turn three, and then about. I can't remember who it was. I think it may have been um, Joe Guan Yu had to like take a void in action from someone and then fucking Kevin Magnuson just had to absolutely throw it through the fucking gravel trap to avoid everyone. I think that was on the safety car restart. Oh, was it? Yeah, so there, there was the whole thing where Lewis was making more than 10 car gap to the safety car and he ended up backing everybody up at turn six where we just had that car go off. And you have all these people literally stationary online, people driving around each other, um, 
And then, yeah, one of the cars going through the gravel trap where we just had that huge collision. Mm. But okay, there was a whole missed, thing about I, that. I got the timing yeah. wrong on that, but yeah, that no, was fucking stupid. It, it was the same thing, but, you know, people were like, oh, you can't do that. But FIA's decision on that was you have to stay... I read the decision document. It didn't make any sense. If anybody else has read the decision document, please make it make sense to me. I don't I don't care what the answer is. I'm just curious because it's you have to stay within 10 car lengths, but the lead car can dictate the pace. So you have to stay within 10 lengths, but the lead car can dictate the pace. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. But that's a weird thing. And they that was unfortunate. But I, at the same time, like it doesn't matter if Lewis was, he was in the right, fine. But it's just like one of those awkward things. It's like, yikes. Everybody's also, at this point, mind you, mm. gone onto hard tires. And warm-up has been an issue all weekend. Everybody is trying to get some temperature in those no-grip hard tires. And you look at the race pace through the race, and they're just no degradation. They're just getting faster and faster as they warm them up. So that was pretty scary. So red flag one, split decision. Like, if they had to repair the barriers and stuff, fine. If not, fine. Yeah. Just, I think I think it does definitely sucks that um, uh, yeah. the pit strategy got screwed by some people yeah. up from it. Yeah, I'll, I'll summarize that in, I don't hate it. I just think they're a bit slow about it. Like, if it was for gravel on track, you can fucking see the gravel from a television camera. You don't need the safety car to drive past it. This is the Magnuson red flag, wasn't it? Oh, you may have to go back a bit because you dropped out for like 30 seconds for me then. Oh, hello. I'm back. So lap 53, red flag number two, Magnuson. What are your thoughts on this? That that looks like a red flag to me, like a genuine one. Uh, yes, I, I you know, I'm, I'm down with that um, purely because the amount of rim and tire carcass on track and... Uh, there's no easy way to get onto that part of the track to remove it. So, yeah, yeah, that makes you, sense to me. You need marshals on the track there. There's yeah. no way around that. Right. Red flag number three. <sighs> so I... I... Well, let's focus on the red flag first. The red flag, two cars in the barrier, yeah, several yeah, cars in it's the a red flag. flag. It's a red flag every day of the week. Yeah. So let's let's just say that's a red flag. But here's here's the point that we really want to talk about. What should they do in that situation with the race? Just fucking that's, that's what that's call it. Just fucking end it, mate. It's it's a, it's one lap. Either decide, yeah. fuck it, you're just gonna end it under a safety car. Yeah. Or just fucking so end get, it. So, so you get the so you get the laps in, but at the same time, they couldn't really go around another lap because there was so much stuff online outside of the corner and stuff like that. Fine. End it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one lap. Who gives a shit? Yeah, that that, that was so stupid. It's like they they like they go through this all this whole thing, clean up the track, get all the Alpines, you know, bring both of them in, get the cars out of the gravel trap, bring everybody into the pit lane, have a whole shit fight, tell signs he's got a five second penalty, reset the order completely, uh, which some people didn't agree with. Haas even protested, and then drive around behind the safety car for an outlap to take the checkered flag. Wow, oh, what the oh. actual. This is all, you could have, all part of the uh, we don't want to end a race under a safety car bullshit or whatever it is, isn't it? Yeah, but like that, that at that point, that doesn't make any sense. Like, no, I but agree. to me, right, that makes sense. 
when it was the second red flag on like lap 53 or whatever for Magnussen, you can say, okay, look, let's have five extra laps of racing. Fine. You know, I can, I know, I can understand that. One single lap or whatever it is. What's the fucking point? Just, just yeah, call no, it. Exactly. They should have called it. So let's, let's change gears a little bit. We've talked about the red flags. Let's talk about race restarts because we got a lot of them this weekend, right? We got a lot of different race restarts. We had the first start. We had three red flags. Um, how do you feel, first of all, about the current red flag rules and what you can do in the pit lane? Tell me. Talk me through it. So, uh, Tire change, isn't that? Yeah. Mm. I understand why they're there. Yep. And I know why they're there. And they're there to protect Pirelli in case the red flag has been thrown because of a tyre failure. And I don't know if they want to officially say that's the reason. Maybe they do officially say that's the reason. But if you work in F1, you know that's the reason why that exists. That's and they, bold. Blake's not going to confirm or deny in case he ever gets a job back in F1, but I'm never going back to F1, so I can fucking say it. I don't give a shit. Uh, and that is what yeah. I've got to say on that. Yeah, so I... Personally, it sucks because when you have a red flag, not only does it mess up the strategy because you, re you box everybody back up and you have to have a restart, but then if you give people free tire choice, it's just like a race reset, like completely and totally. Now, there's, an there's another factor. You can repair damage to your car in the pit lane under a red flag condition. Yep. So let's, let's say you have a complete howler and there's a something bad happens on track and they need 30 minutes. And let's say that you've been involved in a little bit of a ding dong, a little toot toot, and uh, you break a track rod, and but you 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 hobble your car back to the pit lane. We've seen Budapest Max change the yeah. track rod on the grid after he slid off into the bazes. Um, so what do you think about that? Should you be allowed to change? See, this again, this damage. Is, this is a weird one again because it's very easy to say. No, if you've damaged your car, you've damaged your car. But then, again, working in F1 and knowing what the fucking teams are like, they would absolutely try and send out a car that was right on the line of being safe or not. And then if, I don't know, a wing plate or whatever flew off because they weren't allowed to to, to mm. repair it or whatever, like then it would be like, oh, well, why didn't you let us fix it? So, you know, it's... Mm. Either, yeah, either I, way, it's yeah. it's shitty. Like you know what I mean. It, it's it's dodgy either way. I think it was. Uh, I saw Jamie Jamie Price, our photographer buddy, who's who's awesome by the way. Um, he's not a fan of all, but he's he's his suggestion or somebody in his replies. I think it was him. He said, if you change damage, if you repair damage to your car, just go to the back on red flag. Yeah, yeah, that's. Mm, but, but it's one of those. Yeah. It's one of that things. means every Okay, so say you're at the front of the queue to get out of the pit lane, you've changed something. You have to get back to the back of the grid for your standing start, which means you have to fuck around on the radio to all the teams to say car number 1 or whatever needs to drop back to the back of the fucking pack. But they did that under the the reorder of the grid on the final red flag as well. 
because the, you know, the cars had come in in different order and they're like, right, we're going to reset the order now. And you saw the trolleys moving. Around. You even saw there was one part in the video Fernando Alonso's carrying his own tire trolley. What a G. What an absolute G. But, um, all right. Well, if there's an easy way of doing it, then yeah. I, I guess, yeah, that's, that's the only concern really. But, um, yeah. Right. Rolling restart or standing restart? For a red flag, standing. Yeah. I love standing. Like race starts give me goosebumps. Rolling restarts give me unhappy pee pee. Rolling for safety car is kind of the way I've always pictured it. Rolling for yeah, rolling for a safety car, standing yeah. for a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I'm yeah. I'm down with that. Shout out um, to all the teams, by the way, for having fucking clutch packs that managed to do what, four standing starts in the end? Bah, bah. Yeah, love that. Love that. They're, they're all some... getting fucking replaced. Yeah, exactly. New new clutch baskets. Let's go. Um, so there's a there's a there's a problem. Let's 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 move forward to the signs penalty decision. And this was this was probably the most harsh five second penalty we've ever seen in Formula One history. Carlos Signs gets a four second or sorry a five second penalty uh, for colliding with. Flonzo, the Spanish Civil War almost started. It, it so, drops him from it drops him from P four to P twelve. Right. Here's the thing. I'm still undecided on whether this penalty is fair or not. But thinking about it today, a five second penalty is the least amount of time they can add. The only reason it seems so harsh. It's because it was right at the start of the race or whenever and it threw him back so far. If it was like any other part of the race, five seconds isn't the end yeah. of the world. So it but was like it, it was harsh because of the time they gave it to him, sort of thing. But in terms of a penalty, other than not giving him a penalty, that was the most lenient they could be. Yeah, exactly. So you could say there's no penalty or there's a penalty, but the the reason this was so bad is because it was after the, the so lap 57 there's a collision then they do a restart so at the standing restart there's a collision and then there's one lap to go and all the cars are packed up to each other doing that you know weird thing where they go out behind the safety car and they just cross the finish line and they take the checkered flag he had five seconds applied to his lap time from that point drops him from p4 to p12 so the decision, the decision document says, blah, blah, blah. The stewards reviewed it, the in-car radio video, blah, blah, blah. A collision between Signs and Alonzo. We determined that car 55 Signs was wholly to blame for the decision. Car 14 was sig significantly ahead of car 55 at the first corner. Nevertheless, car 55 drove into 14, causing it to spin and leave the track. We accordingly imposed a five-second penalty on car 55. For avoidance of doubt, we took into the fact that the collision took place at the first lap of the restart when, by conventions, the stewards would typically take a more lenient view of incidents. However, in this particular case, notwithstanding the fact that it was equivalent of a first lap incident, we consider that it was sufficient to apply this penalty. Five-second penalty is a slap on the wrist most of the time. Yeah. But his, his me radio messages were heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. No, I, I feel for the guy. But, but then this is like this brings up a whole different thing now. Because they went back to the starting grid or whatever, they effectively well they said that lap's invalidated now, didn't they? Well, let's 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 talk about that then. Um, Haas actually protested that restart procedure, the reordering of the grid. They claimed 
a la Silverstone last year with the show incident on lap one. They claimed that it was possible to determine the position of all cars at safety car line two, which is at the exit of the pit lane, rather than reverting to the final standing start order. The FIA basically said the GPS data is a little bit sketchy. The timing data could have worked. But we just took the easiest decision because we could do that. And we det- we stated that it was not possible to determine clearly from the data that we had that, that was the case. And they just explained the lap wasn't voided. And it was different to Silverstone. Right. Is they reset it because they hadn't crossed safety car line two. It was just chaos. And they red flagged it immediately. But the FIA probably could have determined the order of the cars. But they didn't want to, is what I, what I read into that. Whether or not it's right, but... The key word I, or phrase I found in all of that was in a timely manner. Ooh, yeah. So you could absolutely go back, review footage, uh, compare it to the GPS because, you know, even the FIA admit the GPS isn't perfect for things like this. Yeah. But it's going to take probably an hour for them to fuck around, compare yeah. notes and say, right, here's the order. Yeah. Are you? Do you want people sitting around for an extra well, hour just for one fucking lap? Here's the thing. We were probably, I don't know how much time we were at, but there's also a uh, three-hour race limit with stoppages. And also in Melbourne, it's in the evening or early afternoon or late afternoon, sorry. So the sun is setting and visibility will get quite poor and it'll get quite dark. I well, actually that, that cycled around. Could be another I, factor of Magnuson's crash because he's on board. If you look, right, an onboard camera isn't the same. Nah. When he goes around that corner, it's like fucking getting flashbanged in the face. Yeah, but at the same time, people are saying that you can't penalize signs for something that happened on a lap that didn't happen. They didn't say that the lap didn't happen. That's not what happened. That's not how invalidating a lap works. They basically said they couldn't determine the position of the cars after that, so they're rolling back to the last known state. It's not like they said it didn't happen. Signs definitely punted Alonso, and it was his fault completely. So I that's, that's my take. They, it's not like... They said the lap didn't happen. They said the lap happened. We had to stop it because some fucking jokers couldn't drive their cars. And the best thing we can do is roll back to what we had. So mm. I, I, I get that completely. Um, well, that was that's before we even get to fucking... That was only signs. We've still got... Uh, what should we go for next? Gasly and Ocon? Yeah, go on. Who do you think was at fault? Did you, you watch it? You, I'm sure you saw it a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, Gasly. And that's not, that's not me. He's like, oh, Gasly's shit. Uh, it was just Gasly because if you look at his onboard, he's not even looking where Ocon is. Yeah, and he just—I mean—drove, you know, drifted into him because he didn't know he was there, and that was it. So you said it was hundred percent Gasly. I feel like that's a hundred percent Gasly. Like he's—he's he's gone off on a fucking off-track excursion. Mm. He's come back on the track and just fully sent it across the track. It's not like it's a race restart. And I'm not—it's not a dig at him. I'm just saying these things happen. Um, how lucky is he to get away with no penalty points? Bearing yeah, in mind any penalty lucky. point would have given him a race ban. Yeah, exactly. And I and I have a funny feeling they didn't say it out loud, but they did since it was team on team. They're like, you guys have probably suffered enough. We're not going to do it. Uh, the stewards document said they reviewed it uh, and they said it was a, a racing incident. So and I can. Sorry, no, you can you continue. I, I just don't see, like, I, yes, I can I get you can say that's a racing incident, but he fully comes off from off track and then just decides to exit the corner all the way over without looking as if there's nobody there on a race restart. That's not great. It's not a dig at Gasly. I'm just saying that's not ideal. No, and again, no hate here, but if you're going to penalize signs, 
Why are you letting Gasly get away with that? What's I don't get the it. difference. I, I don't get it. Well, they, they said in their official statement, racing incident versus wholly to blame. But at that point, like, Gasly's just come onto the track. Are you saying Ocon should have said, oh, Gasly looks like he's completely controlling, like he's not paying attention, like he's just been a complete goober through the gravel trap. Uh, Ocon should back out and let him go. No, mm. if you look back to that, um, we had Baku the other year. The exact same thing happened with <laughs> Don't Ocon talk to me about Baku. Oh, no, I thought no, he was no. talking about the Red Bull one. No, no. Ocon and Perez and Baku, teammates as well. Um, Ocon closed the door on Perez into the wall at the exit of three, I think it was, or one of those, one of the many 90-degree mm-hmm. corners. Um, and yeah, I, I think that should have been a Gasly thing, but fuck it. Speaking of penalties, guess who else didn't get a penalty for anything? Florida man? Yeah, Florida man. Um, we, we talked about this beginning. He, uh, he completely inspected Yuki Tsunoda's gearbox at the rate. He, here's what happened. Watch the replay. Standing start. Logan has a terrible race restart. And he sees, he's so far back. He sees everything happening in front of him. He's like, holy shit. And about that time, he's like, wow, that's crazy. He just smashes it in the back of Tsunoda and send them both into the shadow realm. Um, I mean, I'd have done the same. Yeah, but completely at fault. Completely at fault. Nobody said anything. It's like, whatever. It wasn't noted or anything. No, there's like, whatever. Chat is crucifying you because it was uh, DeVries, not Sonoda. It wasn't DeVries. It was a, it was one of the slow cars, unfortunately. No, I think it was DeVries. Yeah, it was DeVries. Okay. So yeah, Blake okay. knows nothing. Fraud. DeVries. Yeah. At least they got the right car, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Florida what more do you want? Jesus. Else. Yeah, exactly. So that was a little bit interesting. That It's like one of those things where they just don't pay attention to people at the back of the grid too much. And they're just like, ah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, there was so things, much chaos. He just got away with it, basically. We didn't even really talk about the race results at all. Uh, podium. I think it's because they're still trying to figure out the results, aren't they? Yeah. No, we had uh, we had Verstappen, uh, we had Hamilton second, and we had another Alonso uh, on the podium. But Perez from Perez from all the way at the back. And has a really he's got, he's got some interesting overtakes, and that's really it. Like we don't we don't see him. He finishes P five in the end. Question: Sergio Perez P five. So it was it was one of those things. It was just like, could he have done any better than that? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, we, I, we interrupt this program to uh, bring you Madeline, who's uh, come to show us her face paint. That's fantastic. Say hello. There you go. Hello. There you go. <laughs> oh, dude. So yeah, sorry. I'll, we can edit that out, but yeah. No, it's fine. We could leave it. That's adorable. Tell her. Tell it looks fantastic when you see her again. Oh, she but, knows. Um, she knows. She knows. That's why she was ready. Like, let let me show you, Joker's this. You nerd. It's talking about Formula One. <laughs> but um, yeah. Paris kind of had a. He had a good recovery drive. I was just. I was thinking he could get top five. But um, it wasn't as easy to get through everything as we said. So, no, it was just chaotic, really, wasn't it? I suppose. Um, yeah. He wasn't happy with the car. So, yeah. Uh, other things that happened at the end of the race. Did you see that on the podium? You know, like when the drivers go to the podium, their teams all the <laughs> way around, like, whoa! Lewis yeah, I know where this up. is going. 
Lewis rocks up and it's just his comms or PR person standing there. And he's like, where is, he literally is on the camera. And he's like, where is everybody? And they're like, that, that's awkward. I think Signs had that the other year where nobody showed up for the podium for him. Yes. But it's, like, it's like one of those things people try to read into all sorts of fucked up stuff. And this is like, maybe something happened. Maybe they all had to be like, all everybody had to pack up and be on a flight and nobody was there. Um, I have no idea, but that's super weird. Yeah, it was, it was an odd one. That's super weird because like, yeah, they're already on the plane home because the race mm. took so long. Exactly. Uh, we had another, we had somebody else summit at the end of the race. And it wasn't a driver or a team. It was the Australian Grand Prix Corporation. Oh, yes, yes. Or yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. How could I forget about this? On, on the footage, there are, uh, there's final lap. Yep. There are fans standing on the grass on the side of the track. Yeah. What the f- fuck man that is crazy that's insane that's insane that's so insane so uh also at the end of the final the in lap hulkenberg stops on the track on turn two there's lights on top of the roll hoop they're like purple green or when they're red and flashing that means the car is in a electrically unsafe state and if you touch it you risk grounding out and getting an errors pack through your ass and that will result in heart failure or other and very will, terrible things. It will literally vaporize you. Yeah. The, the amount of fucking current that is stored in those things, you do not fuck around with them. No. No, it's so stupid. But um, so that car, which was in Kerr's state echo, um, or I believe is the state for... Uh, bad. Yeah, bad. It was parked on a flatbed in the middle of the area where the fans could get to. So the, the FIA referred, they, they heard them and the... the Australian Grand Prix Corporation was like, yeah, we kind of fucked up. And they've been referred to the FIA World Motorsport Council for being a bunch of clowns. That's oh, insane. Oh, dear. And this isn't the first time this has happened. When was, wait, when's the last time they got referred? Uh, well, I don't know if they got referred, but it was either 20, did we race there in 21? I can't remember. No. There's the footage of, it may have been last year, actually where I think Albin's driving out the pit lane and there's just a bunch of people just walking up the pit lane. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that's actually... Was it 2017? Was it that long ago? Jesus, okay. I thought okay. it was a lot yeah. more recent than that, but okay. Yeah, so they've got some security issues at the circuit, so very interesting. But I feel like that's like... The race result itself wasn't that interesting. It was mostly drama, and it was an effectively terrible race with some some cool burnouts and race restarts. Yeah, but uh-huh. you know what this means. Hmm. Hallelujah, McLaren fans. Your prayers have been answered. Oh, yes. Double points finish, ladies and gentlemen, for the McLaren. Let's go. McLaren move off the back up into P5. They are behind Ferrari, who only have 26 championship points. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mercedes, 56. Aston Martin, Mercedes, Aramco, Cognizant, the Cognizant's off that name. Is it, or is it not? Anyway, 65, uh, Red Bull, 123. So Red Bull have got win, 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 and seconds and a fifth. Aston Martin have three threes. Alonso has three threes. Uh, unfortunately, Stroll has had a retirement in the last race. Otherwise, they'd be a little bit closer to the Red Bulls, I reckon. So pretty sick. Mercedes less than half the points of the Red Bull right now and getting beat by their customer team. Can they hold it off through the end of the season? I think it's possible. Development wars. Here we go, baby. 
And I don't Aston know, Mercedes Martin... seem to be quite sort of over the 14 already, don't they? Yeah, it could happen. And they could, they, and they could reap higher development time for the next season as a result of it. So this, this is the problem with the cost cap. I mean, I understand why it exists and all that. It makes sense. But when you have a car that's so far out in front as the Red Bull, now you've got to adhere to cost caps. It's a lot more difficult to make that decision to say, hey, should we develop to try and catch up? Or do we scrap this year after race free and try again next year? It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's like it's like if you, if you screw up that bad, yeah, you might have to do that. But um, we didn't do podium picks this week. No, fraudulent. We completely forgot that. Yeah, what what were your vibes before the weekend? My race was Verstappen, Alonso, Russell. That was my vibe. Yeah, mine was uh, Verstappen, Hamilton, uh, Alonso. Okay, that was neither of us right, but no, it wasn't. No, it was Verstappen. It was Verstappen, Hamilton, and Alonso on the podium. Oh yeah, fine. Yeah, you made me doubt myself then. I did. <laughs> mm. It could have been Hulkenberg though. Oof. Amazing, amazing. Yikes. If I tell you what, everyone brace yourselves. <clears throat> I hope my wife's not listening. Hulkenberg gets a podium this year. Uh, I'm going to get a Hulkenberg-related tattoo. Are you seriously? Mm-hmm. Don't fucking do that. Don't on, do that, self. On my ass cheek. Don't do it. Done. All right, clip it, clip it, ship it, chat. It's happening. Oh my god, oh my god. I don't 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 show it to me. You can't show. It's not safe for work. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we move on? I mean, to I that, could, that. I'll never be able to show it to anyone, really. Yeah, that's fine. So who we, who we would know? Confirm or deny? Exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, it's uh, Mr. Big Man saying patiently waiting for Dan from the background. Yeah, if I disappear off the podcast, you know my wife's unplugged the internet. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, why don't we move on to one of our favorite segments that we share with everybody every week? No, that's the ad. Let's try this again. Fucking hell. 21 episodes and I've still got no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Random fandom. Oh, yeah. This is the part of the show where we select at random a team to represent for the weekend. Obviously trying to beat the horrible, disgusting Red Bull bias that we have been accused of because they paid our mortgages for several years. And uh, and then we're going to give a little report about it. So for the Australian Grand Prix, Blake, you're up first and you had Aston Martin. Oh, hello. Yeah, um, Aston Martin's report card this weekend looks very good. They finished the Grand Prix in P3 and P4. Um, Alonso held Hamilton's wheel the entire part of main part of the race, which was he was within DRS a lot, trying to force a mistake. Um, didn't have the pace for the the master. Um, Stroll dropped a little back from from Perez, and but he did manage to take advantage of the chaos when he was there. Um, the Aston Martin's qualifying pace, as we know from the performance, was not uh, going to be up to this week, and we knew this. An inefficient slow and straight line car with the three four drs zones wasn't gonna be great but um yeah alonzo with his third podium in a row um aston martin and second in the world constructors championships uh ahead of mercedes i feel like they did a very good job 
with the exception of getting super, super lucky. I think Aston Martin did a solid weekend. I'll give them a, a, an A+. Plus. Wow. That's, yeah. That is top marks, top draw for that one. Uh, I had Alpine. Um, so they looked... I'm sorry. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. There's positives to take away from this, right? Okay. They looked pretty quick on Friday. Good pace, good pace. Saturday, mm, the qualifying preparation sort of stuffed them a little bit. It weren't great. It's tires, wasn't it? Yeah. See that. Yeah. But however, they had a pretty good race, right? In terms of uh, both cars into points. I think at the... By the time of the last restart, or sorry, the restart before everything destroyed itself, they were Gasly in fifth, Ocon in tenth. So, you know, not bad, not bad. Good. You know, all right, good, all right. Good, yeah, all right. Good pace, good pace. Uh, unfortunately, though, this is sadly where it went a little bit tits up with the the incident. It is uh, An incident. Le incident, as it's now referred to in France. Um, what? Obviously, double DNF, bit of a disaster, sadly. Um, mm. And probably more importantly, it, it's allowed McLaren to jump past them for fifth in the World Championship constructors. Uh, it is the fourth loser, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if, let's say, in a hypothetical scenario, they didn't smash into each other and Gasly finished fifth and knock on tenth, Signs magically still gets his penalty, then it would have only put him seven points behind Ferrari for fourth. Oh my god! So you know, what, oh my god, what could have been? But um, oh. I'll give them. I think I'd have to give them a C because it's like average. Yeah. You know, it promising, promising signs, but they basically just need to not crash into each other. Mm. Cool. Why don't ah, we here do... you go. Listen, I just remembered yeah. this. Someone on Twitter asked this question, and I thought it was spicy, and I had to ask it. Oh. Who gets a podium first this year, Alpine or Ferrari? God, dude, don't do that to me. It's going to be Ferrari, bro. You think? Yeah. Fine. Fuck you. I'm going Alpine. Oh, yeah, for the vibes. Yeah. All right. All I right. thought that was a beautiful question. Not bad. And uh, so we can content farm. Let me know what yeah, you exactly. think in the comments or whatever it is the fucking kids say these days. I don't fucking know. Like and subscribe, what? hit the bell, whatever. Big up your local butcher, shout out in Nan. Exactly. Well, if, if, if we're on the live stream right now, if any of the mods can do a poll, who will get the a podium first, Alpine or Ferrari, we'll, we'll tell you the results. But all nearly 300 of you in the live stream right now think about that. But I think it's time for... Uh... Fraud Watch. Oh my God, Michael, that... that sound clip is great so fraud watch is where we put somebody on blast for the weekend uh for just just being terrible it could be a person a team but we've got a little thing where if um a team or somebody goes three times in a season they go into the shadow realm i don't know we, we got to figure out what to do with them but uh yeah uh, I, I, we'll come back to that so uh throughout testing you have elected mclaren mclaren ferrari um and then I've elected Alpine, Ferrari, and the FIA. So Ferrari are on two ticks, and we said it would be the cumulative sum. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, McLaren are on two we... ticks too. Yeah, why don't McLaren and Ferrari are on uh, two two 
burners. So why don't you give us your race three Australia fraud watch? Okay. Fraud watch. Given the shit show we saw, it would be very easy to turn around and say the FIA. However, I'm going to be more granular than just blindly put in the FIA. I'm going to say the race director. Ooh, who was it this weekend? I don't know, but I think a lot of this shit could have been prevented or tidied up, let's say, uh, with perhaps maybe... Oh, fuck it, it could have been Mike, Michael Massey. You know, he was spotted in the paddock. Maybe he came back for some shits and gigs. But yeah, no, I think, sorry, mm. I think this one lays on the doorstep of the uh, race direction for this one. Wow. Pretty, I think that's a little bit harsh, but uh, I've, I've yeah, got an even... Well, I've got an, fuck you, this is my podcast, I'll do what I want. Exactly. I've got, um, I've got an even more unfortunate one. I'm putting Ferrari on blast this weekend. Oh, Ferrari on Fraud Watch, they've got three ticks. We got to figure out what to do with them. And as the poll from the chat has just come back, 57% of you said Ferrari first. And that's not an overwhelming majority either, in my opinion. That's not a, yeah, so, uh, like, it, they, wow. they, they, Ferrari, let's, let's talk about this. Ferrari is an elite Formula One team. They are not a shit box. They are not, you know, a, a death trap. They're not a shed. They shouldn't be. And they're rocking up this weekend and they don't know what they're doing with the tires, which happens, but they massively lose out and they massively underperform in qualifying. Um, Leclerc, I, I, it's one of those things, it's, unfor- it's a racing incident, but Leclerc loses out um, and then signs boneheads the, the race restart at the end. And I, I don't know, man, that, like that for me, Ferrari have to be on fraud watch this week. It's like the, the, the drivers, maybe one of them wholly at fault, the other one a bit of a passenger, but they just need to ride off this season. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, that's it. Ferrari uh, will be sentenced in the next episode because mm. that's uh, their free ticks and they're done. Yep. We're already on race free. <laughs> Fucking yeah. hell. Oh, dear. But it's, it's right, though. It's what they're like, their worst, their worst, uh, what do you want to call it? start to a season since the new points system came into place in 2010. Yep. Which is wild when you consider how well they started last year. Yeah. Somebody, somebody in chat says, uh, congrats to Alpine for taking to their out and still missing fraud watch. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, it, it do be like that sometimes. It do be do. But why don't we move on to, uh, Oh, you did who's a good boy. I am. I'm a good boy engine mode good boy where we you know we've we've rubbed a couple people or teams organizations in the mud now we need to get big up some people let's talk about it let's talk about it yeah we do so this is like you say where we big up big up something or someone um for the weekend so in testing i've had um joe bahrain alonso jeddah sonoda uh for australia hear me out I've been very critical of them in the past. However, I think it's only fair that I should celebrate their success as well as their downfall. So I'm giving it to McLaren. Wow. Double points finish. Catapulted them to fifth in the standings. Yeah. You know, I I think... Scrappy weekend, but they got the points when they mattered. Who cares? They got points and they're in fifth. 
Yeah. So, you know, I'll give it to them. Not bad. I, I get it. No, it's it's sound. It's a little bit surprising, I think, for a lot of people. It's like, why would you gas them up? But like, yeah, they when when it counted, they got the points together and happy days. I've unfortunately, uh, he had a crash in the race, but I got to give it up to the the man, Alex. Like that, he's out driving that car, in my opinion. Uh, Williams saw the biggest improvement in qualifying pace of any team this season from their previous race average. And I think that was wholly down to sector two merchant, Alexander Albon. Um, he had a, exactly, he almost had a perfect weekend. Um, unfortunately, like I, I yeah, he, him feeling like a bit of a passenger in that incident in the race. That's not really an Alex thing to do. And I don't know if it was even his fault. It could have been, he was driving fine, but um, he hauled that, that uh, Williams up in the qualifying order and he was driving pretty well until that happened. So unlucky for him, but uh, I want to give some, uh, some credit mm. to him. Honorable shout out to Sonoda. Okay. And whole Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah. I'm respect. not, I'm not ready to admit defeat just yet. But to be fair though, I think I did say I'd give him three races. And he's, he's three nilled uh, Kevin yep. in qualifying head to head. Listen, Baku, let, let Baku be the decider. Well done, Baku. And then I will grovelly post an apology that I was wrong about Nico being mid and washed. You just have to fill out Tom F1's uh, form on the on the YouTube, isn't no, it? No, I will do it in my own special way, like I always do, okay? All right. So I think that's us, isn't it, for the day? Yeah, a chaotic gonna... race Yeah, with a chaotic podcast to sign yeah. off with a flourish. Yeah, so we're going to take a break next week. It's a bank holiday. Monday, I, I need a break. I want to come back. We'll get a guest. We're going to do a Baku preview. with. We're going to have... Well, we should do a cool show for the Baku preview because I feel like there's been some absolute fucking bangers in Baku history. Mm. Some ghosts, some gremlins. Yeah, and, uh, we'll do the Red Bull PTSD... Yeah, therapy session. Set therapy session, yeah. With the I Survived the Baku Debrief 2018 or whatever it right. was. T-shirts right. in... Love that. But guys, don't worry. We're going to be back. We'll be back soon. All this stuff will be live on YouTube and all your audio platforms tomorrow. If you haven't, tell a friend that likes Formula One about our podcast so they can see how crap we are and how terrible this <laughs> podcast is. If That's you're watching this, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, MySpace, uh, whatever else you do, or you're watching this video on YouTube, you should stop by the live stream sometime um, or... Dan and I will both be live streaming on Twitch. Probably some games, some F1 manager. We're going to play some Euro Truck Simulator and smash some beers. We might even play some more yep. Tarkov. And we will be back soon. Thank you guys for all the love and support. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, don't worry, we're coming back. So, uh, yeah. Big up your local butcher. Big up your nan. And uh, fuck off. <laughs>